The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Many times we need to keep our health in check, but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. Hi, this is Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Last week we learned it takes decades from the time that scientific research comes out and when it is adapted by the medical community. In this show, we will look at some of these results so you won't have to wait 20 years. We also learned that when our lab values are normal, that does not mean that we are without an underlying condition. The fact that we fall in a range of 95% of the population, most of whom tend to have some illnesses, is does not mean that we're home free. Last time, Dr. Trindati said that the lab values don't become abnormal till we're about 75% toward having the disease. Today, our guest is Dr. Andrew Campbell, and we will discuss the health effect of toxins. Dr. Campbell was the medical director of the Chronic Fatigue and Immune Dysfunction Center in Houston, where they treated patients from all over the world. He is the editor of several interesting journals, including Alternative Therapies in Health and Medicine, Advances in Body-Mind Medicine. Um, he's also the, on the editorial board of Integrative Medicine. He's the editor of the International Journal of Complementary and Alternative Medicine, the medical editor of Natural Solutions and Alternative Medicine. All these sound like very interesting journals where we can get some very valuable information. He's received several awards, including the Patient's Choice Award um, that's out of more than 720,000 physicians from 2009 through 2014. He was selected as the most compassionate doctor, receiving that award in 2011, and was cited as the top allergist immunologist in Houston International Association of Healthcare Professionals. He's also been on TV, the Montel Williams Show, 2020. 24-hour investigative news, and he had numerous interviews for ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, as well as news programs in Canada and Mexico. It's my great pleasure to introduce Dr. Campbell. Thank you so much for that kind introduction. So tell yes. me, let's, let's start off, what is a toxin? A toxin is something that doesn't belong in, your, in or on your body. And that's basically it. It's basically something that's usually man-made, although it can be um, a, a biological product such as a poison, as in when you're walking through the Amazon forest or something of that nature, uh, and venoms. But really a toxin, the way we talk about it, at least in the United States or in the Western Hemisphere and developed countries, are things that are man-made 
that don't belong in us get into us or on us. And that's the basic definition of a toxin. And in toxicology, we have one simple rule, and that's the first rule of toxicology. And that is get the toxin away from the patient or the patient away from the toxin. So that's basically your definition and what to do about a toxin. So how many toxins are there? Just a few? Oh, no. For example, the United States uh, manufactures 70,000 different chemicals. The total amount it makes of these 70,000 different chemicals is 5 trillion pounds. That's 5 with 12 zeros at the end of it. And it does that every year. But of these 70,000 different chemicals, only 1,500 have been studied for toxicity. So that leaves 68,500 that we have in science, medicine, industry, etc. We don't know what it causes in humans. That's a lot. How is this happening? Well, we use these chemicals, which are toxins. Uh, we're exposed to gasoline fumes and diesel fumes whenever we drive. There's fragrances from candles, those are chemicals, plug-ins, sprays. The little tree we hang from the car view rear, rear, car rear view mirror, that new car smell, all that is fire retardant chemicals. And for example, all in airline interiors are heavily coated with fire retardant chemicals. But so are um, curtains in homes, bedding material, clothes, especially clothes for children. They're all coated in, uh, with chemicals. Then in home, we have carpeting, artificial flooring. These are all synthetic materials and fibers. And many of them are released formaldehyde into the area for into that home for months and months. And then there's building materials, plywood, gypsum. There's that foam insulation you have in your attic. Uh, these are all made with, with chemicals. But then, when you get down to the personal level, toothpaste, perfume, cologne, soap, shampoo, cosmetics, all these, two are chemicals. As a matter of fact, if you look at your toothpaste tube that you have at home, uh, and, and it, it'll tell you that if you eat a um, teaspoon of it, you need to call Poison Control Center. And this is something everybody, everybody has at their home. So they're not that far away from us. Um, another source is what we call bisphenol A, also known as BPA. Studies have shown that this interrupts your hormones in your body. Uh, we call it medicine. You and I would call it an endocrine disruptor. But for, for your listeners, this um, counters the effect of your hormones, be that thyroid hormone, be it estrogen, be it testosterone, progesterone, all these hormones are interrelated, and this blocks them. This I'd BPA, like to interject which, a little bit here, sure. uh, and then we can get back to that, because BPA is everywhere. It's even in the receipts that we get from the stores, from our credit cards. It's in plastic bottles, and it's also been connected with diabetes, heart disease, cancer, obesity, infertility. And I think some studies have shown that over 96% of the people have found this in their body. 
You're right. It's also neurotoxic. And it's used in dentistry as a sealant. So when you go to the dentist, you know, make ask him about that. But you're absolutely correct. Cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, heart attacks, diabetes, obesity, all that. And and it's so bad that the government finally had to put their foot down and tell the manufacturers of of children's teething material and and the uh baby bottles with the nipples not to make it with BPA because children were being affected by this uh, endocrine disruptor in their well, environment. I also, well, what about the new plastic bottles? I understand they're from BPA all the way down to BP number U. So what about this new plastic that they tell us we don't have to worry about? All that does is it takes the chemical and moves it around a little bit, the chemical structure. It's still bisphenol. But instead of bisphenol A, they've developed every other kind so that they can say, we don't, this product doesn't control BPA. They're correct, but it does control, contain maybe BPE or BPF or BPU, as you mentioned. Um, that way they can get away with it. It's the marketing technique um, that they use. Um, it's, for example, all look at your grocery store, go to a supermarket, all those canned soups are coated inside with BPA. There was a Harvard study done and published in the Journal of the American Medical Association in 2011 where they took 75 volunteers. And these volunteers, one half were given a 12-ounce portion of a canned vegetarian soup for five days. The other group was given fresh vegetarian soup without any canned ingredients. At the end of those five days, for 48 hours, they didn't have anything canned or fresh or nothing. Then the two groups were reversed. Um, What they found is the urine in the group eating the canned soup for five days had a 1,220% increase in BPA. That was five years ago. And we still have it in cans. The government does not put a stop to that. Wow. And also you mentioned fragrances. I just got a magazine the other day and I opened it and it had this odor that I just kept wheezing. So what is that? Those are those little cards and uh, literally so it, it stays in the magazine until you scratch it. They, they use a chemical sealant. So again, yes, you're, these are fragrances that are basically chemicals. Um, we use chemicals everywhere. Um, for example, in our environment, in the United States, we use 2.3 billion pounds of pesticides every year. Only 10% have been studied for toxicity. And they stay in your body. They stay in your fat cells, in your muscle cells, in your bone, in your brain, in your lungs and other, uh, and liver. Um, that's just one example. And they're sprayed on lawns. They're sprayed, um, for example, in playgrounds, uh, schools and parks. So they're everywhere. We're exposed to all those um, uh, pesticides. We use more pesticides every year in the United States than the rest of the world combined. 
that's just giving you pesticides. We've talked about chemicals. And then and we pesticides, get um, what are some of the uh, substances that have more, uh, like the dirty dozen, and what uh, fruits and vegetables have fewer pesticides on them? I guess we should always buy organic to minimize our exposure to this. <coughs> Correct. That helps um, you not have as many pesticides, although, you know, if you're growing an organic uh, orchard, and the guy next door isn't, and there's a prevailing wind, you never know. But it's always best to so, get this with any kind of food, anything you ingest or drink, without anything, any chemical on it. So, yes, organic is always best. Well, I understand there's, there's a list called the Dirty Dozen that are the vegetables and fruits we should be most concerned about. And that, I think, leading the list is strawberries followed by bell peppers, spinach, then cherries, cantaloupe, celery, apple, apricots, green beans, cucumbers. So it sounds like it's particularly important that these be organic because they tend to have the most pesticides on them. Right. Um, even, uh, uh, you know, non-organic hot peppers, kale, collard greens, have toxic pesticides, unfortunately. Imagine strawberries. Now, what is the clean list? Okay, the first one on the clean list is avocados. Next is sweet corn, pineapples, cabbage, sweet peas, onions, asparagus, mangoes, papaya, kiwi, eggplant, honeydew melon. And I'll add three more to that. Grapefruit, cantaloupe, and cauliflower. What about corn? Isn't it mostly genetically modified? Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's, here we go. Genetically modified foods, okay? 150, more than 150 crops are genetically modified, and they're the most common ones in the United States. Corn, soy, wheat, etc. All the way down to beets, papayas, etc. So, what does that mean? That means that the seed has been changed. The genetic content of, of the seed has been changed so that they can spray those crops more than once with pesticide. Which one? Only one. Glyphosate, also known as Roundup. You can get it at um, Home Depot and Lowe's and all these other big stores. And uh, sugar, canola everywhere. They use it, and what it does in the body, it blocks a particular enzyme that you and I as doctors know as cytochrome P450, but for the public, this is the enzymes our bodies need to detoxify our liver. So it blocks that, allowing all these toxins to accumulate in the body. Um, We use more glyphosate again, in this country, than all the rest of the world combined. And what it, what it means is, is that every food, every crop that is, has glyphosate applied, it stays on the crop and it stays on the food. They did a recent study on cereals, common cereals that you buy at your grocery store, Cheerios, uh, cornflakes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
they all had. Even Kashi, who, which you know, purports it to be a little uh, more careful, they all had uh, a pesticides residue on them. So, unless you buy organic, unless you're very careful with what you purchase and, and then consume, even your drink, if you drink out of a plastic bottle, even though that might be very healthy water, that plastic will contain a chemical, BPA, or one of the other BPs. Um, so you've got to use glass bottles to drink out of, glass containers. Those are the best or the least toxic for you. And that also goes for freezing and heating them up. It should be glass and never plastic. Correct. I see people all the time that put something plastic in a microwave. You're actually creating more toxins by microwaving some, some food in a plastic container. Well, tell me some so, of the other side effects of regular pesticides, you know, even if they're not genetic, if the plants aren't genetically modified. What are some of the other health conditions associated with pesticide use? Uh, well, um, it, it, it just I want to just bring this up briefly. One thing is it kills bees, honeybees. Okay. So uh, what else? Okay. What do pesticides do in us is they, they cause inflammation. And they cause inflammation in our gut, in our intestinal tract. When you have swelling in the gastrointestinal tract, it, that causes what we call in science intestinal permeability, but what everybody else calls leaky gut syndrome. Meaning, instead of being contained inside the gut, some of this stuff leaks out of the gut. And when it leaks out of the gut, this inflammatory material and chemical spreads throughout the body. What does that cause? Cancer, Alzheimer, um, neurological diseases, reproductive problems. In other words, you can't have kids. Uh, Problems with your... Um, uh, hormones, uh, uh, problems with uh, in, uh, IBS, in other words, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, or also inflammatory bowel disease. Um, it causes pain, uh, confusion, ill health. Uh, so it just is, it causes a slew of problems in, in all of us. Um, and, and it is uh, one of the main concerns because right now in the United States, our, most, uh, our largest problem is chronic disorders, diabetes, heart disease, cancers. All those relate back to inflammation. Now, what kind of cancers are we talking about? Almost all forms. Leukemia, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, brain, bone, breast, ovarian cancer, prostate cancer. Uh, liver cancer. Um, so, uh, 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 for instance, the there is an agency, federal agency called the Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry (ATSDR). They published a study six years ago that found that children who live in homes where their parents use pesticides 
either on the indoor or outdoor plants and garden are twice as likely as to develop brain cancer than those kids who live with people, parents who don't use any pesticides. Double the risk for brain cancer. Wow, this is interesting. You're the fourth guest in a row that was talking about inflammation and its relationship to our gut health. So it sounds like inflammation is the underlying cause of just about any disease we can think of. Well, specifically, it's been linked directly to neurological disease, pulmonary disease, cancer, cardiovascular diseases, Alzheimer's, diabetes, arthritis, and autoimmune diseases and autoimmune diseases also is depression very by the fast. way i'm sorry also it's linked to depression oh yes those are neurological diseases parkinson's alzheimer's depression add adhd um all those issues that affect the brain this when you have leaky gut that spreads in the bloodstream and we have a barrier it's known as the blood brain barrier it's very very effective that's why sometimes when you have an infection in your brain it's very hard to find the right antibiotic because your blood brain barrier won't let many antibiotics through uh, to treat infections of the brain however with inflammation released from leaky gut this inflammation goes into the circulation and your circulation goes to your brain you have 400 miles of blood vessels in your brain because every nerve cell has to be fed has to receive oxygen and nutrients and we have a hundred billion nerve cells so that 400 miles coursing through that is inflammatory material it causes a breakdown of the blood-brain barrier. In other words, leaky gut then leads to leaky brain, if you wish. Wow. That's so, pretty yes, serious. It's a huge so problem. If our gut is unhealthy and most of the guts in the Western world are not healthy, that means our brain could be leaky and all sorts of toxic substances can get in there and uh, start a long process of degeneration. I also understand once this degeneration starts with the microglial cells, uh, which is an immune cell, that it's, it's, I, we can't stop it as easily as in, in other parts of the body. No, no, that's right. Because the brain, very simply, weighs three pounds, about 2% of our body's weight. But it uses 25% of our oxygen and calories. So it's a very important organ. The minute you start messing with it, with all these chemicals and pesticides and BPA, everything we've been talking about in this program, we're going to get affected. The brain, especially, it is the most sensitive of all our organs. Wow. Um, I also understand that metals in our environment can adversely affect our health. Absolutely. Uh, Well, for example, we have um, in our environment, in things we use commonly, nanoparticles. Nanoparticles are very, very, very tiny particles. They're one billionth of a yard, so it's very little. But we produce uh, about 
15,600 tons of this stuff called titanium dioxide, the metal. It's used, for example, to color, make white things whiter, paint, uh, horseradish, uh, you buy in a jar at the store, etc. anything that makes whiter, also in makeup, also in toothpaste. Then there's 3,700 tons annually of zinc oxide. Now, this is the stuff you see people wear at the beach right under their eyes. They'll have a, a white smudge or a pink smudge. That's zinc oxide. We have pores all over our body. This stuff goes right through into our, our bloodstream. And then we make about 300 tons of cerium dioxide. This is all in our drinking water, toothpaste, cosmetics, sunscreen, and many, many personal products. So when you say metals, it doesn't necessarily mean steel and aluminum, although we do have issues with that, no question. But it goes all the way down to these tiny, tiny nanoparticles. Well, I understand, for example, like... Uh, with lead uh, that we can get from paint and, um, and you know, et cetera, that it can is effect it's connected with attention deficit order and IQ and it's and it's in our lipstick and some of our glassware. So that sounds pretty serious. Yes, although lead is now being used less and less and less. In other words, it's no longer allowed in paint. You can't buy. It. Unless you have a house that was built long ago. Yeah, before 1978 when they changed the law on the paint. Correct. Yes. They used to also have lead and gasoline, but we now don't have that. Um, uh, so lead is less of a problem. What is replacing that is aluminum. Um, for example, uh, every vac- most vaccines, flu vaccine or other types of vaccines, um, they used to contain a mercury-type compound, and that caused a huge problem, and was and, and uh, uh, autism was blamed on it. So they replaced it with aluminum hydroxide. Well, aluminum, any form of aluminum, including the aluminum found in underarm deodorants, is linked to Alzheimer's. It affects your brain. Now. People who are 30 say, well, I don't need to worry about it. I'm just 30 or 40 or 20 or whatever. Uh-uh. This stuff accumulates, and you can't get get rid of it. So you don't want this. And we're seeing younger and younger people with Alzheimer's. The youngest one I saw was 52-year-old executive who was brought in because he went to a restaurant with his family for some sort of celebration. And he couldn't read the menu. Well, what about mercury? I understand the European Union has just passed a law that you cannot put mercury or amalgams in a child's mouth if they're less than 15 years of age. So what's going on there? Unfortunately, the there's a, I don't know what you would call it, um, uh, this, the dentists feel that it's no big deal. But I personally have experienced many, many patients who, who, when I looked inside their mouth, because they had chronic this or chronic that, I saw a mouthful of mercury amalgams. They went to a, a dentist. Now, 
you can't go to a regular dentist to have your mercury amalgams removed because they just have no clue. The minute they start removing that, scraping it out, it spreads. It's on your tongue, your saliva, you swallow some of it, gets mixed in your blood, etc. It's very toxic. So you've got to go to a dentist who knows that he's got, first of all, he's got to wear all kinds of different things, protective equipment. And he's got to have a special kind of a suction to make sure that none of this gets into your system and remove it. I've I've had women and men get well from all kinds of gastrointestinal problems, from migraine headaches, uh, from uh, uh, asthma, all kinds of problems linked to mercury. Mercury is a heavy metal. There's another heavy metal is arsenic. And the third one that's real common is lead, okay? So getting rid of this in our environment is very important, just like what the European 28 countries in the European Union did. Why can't we do that? I have no idea. Yeah, why can't we? I think that has to do with interest lobbyists who uh, will say, well, you know, it's going to cause this, that, and the other. Think about it. So why aren't our congressmen protecting us? Let's take, let's take food. People love to eat chicken nowadays, and they, they, they eat more and more chicken breasts or chicken wings. I mean, that's become very popular. Well, the chicken people that grow chicken have gotten onto this. So they give chickens more hormones, so they get larger and larger chicken breasts. Unfortunately, these chickens are their breasts become so large, they can't get up and walk around. They're bound to the the ground. Second thing about chicken is commercial chicken feed contains arsenic. Why? Because it swells the stomach of the chicken up, and the chicken eats more to fill up this swelling. And how is chicken sold? It's sold by weight. So the more it eats, the heavier it gets, the richer the chicken grower gets. Now, these chicken coops contain around 50,000 chickens each. And usually these growers have dozens and dozens and dozens. So it all adds up economically. I also understand that arsenic is in rice. For example, our yes. previous speaker said that a half cup of white rice per day would give you the uh, accepted amount, uh, according to the government sta- U.S. government standards, of arsenic. Also, one has to be careful of rice syrup and various rice products. Correct. So we, we've our government, um, uh, and compared to European governments, and, and I'm half... My mother is Swiss, so I'm uh, half European. My, I was raised in Switzerland and educated there. So um, I can tell you that the Swiss and the rest of Europe is dumbfounded by the um, complete inaction of, the, of our government and not doing a little more to help the public. We're Some countries have actually point. banned genetically modified um, foods, and we can't even find out if we're eating it. What's that all about? Who knows? Because, for example, we use ractopamine in, in all pork. Ractopamine is a beta agonist. You know what that is, and I know what that is. But for the general public, it's a, it's a medication, and, a beta, and it should not be used. And no country now will buy pork 
from the United States, not even Russia. I mean, um, it, uh, or let's take something else, something real common. Let's take dairy products, milk, butter, cheese, cream cheese, yogurt, ice cream. Well, here we go again. We give all our Jersey cows, dairy cows, an injection with a hormone developed at Texas A&M University uh, back in the 70s that makes them produce between 10 and 15% more milk. Well, that's great, but this milk is laden with hormones. Well, what does that do? So big deal. The government says it's not an important thing. Now, if you believe the government to be that good, you're you're making a mistake. The issue with these hormones is we can't sell a block of cheese to Canada because it's the, the hormones in the cheese. Because once it's in the milk, it's also in the yogurt and the cream cheese and the ice cream, etc. So what happens there is we're getting filled up. Go to a mall on a Saturday and look at young girls. They're 8 and 9 and 10, and they're developed. Whereas before, they didn't start developing till they're 12, 13, 14. Why? Because of all the hormones. We use hormones in our pork. We use hormones in our beef. We use hormones in chickens and turkey. And we use hormones in all our dairy products. Now, if you have a child go get a Happy Meal that's got cheese and meat, there's a hormone in both of those. Then they get a milkshake, there's a hormone in that. And then you wonder why there's all this infertility problem. Well, that's part of this infertility. So Wow. It, I also understand, for example, in fragrances, uh, according to the Environmental Working Group, that fragrances can have 14 or so secret ingredients that don't need to be labeled because they just all fall under this rubric of fragrances. And even right. air fresheners are a problem uh, with, oh, yes. you know, in that area. Correct. I, I mentioned air fresheners right at the beginning when I said they contain chem- their chemicals. Basic air fresheners are nothing natural. Um, so, yes, you are correct in saying that these, all these things are bad for us. And unfortunately, even if you're very conscious of your health and your well-being and you want to live right, it's very difficult in the environment of today to live like that. The U.S. government, uh, bless their hearts, estimates that every United States citizen that lives within the continental United States has been exposed to at least 150 chemicals. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that a woman can put 100 chemicals on her body before she even leaves the home. And what's sad thing is, is these women don't know what they're doing to their health. And they put on a fragrance on top of it. Uh, you know, they just don't know what they're doing. Right. And one of the things that has come out, and uh, I, I believe this is uh, really unbelievable, is that, first of all, let me just mention that we talked about how inflammation causes these things. Well, what causes all this inflammation? We've talked about the foods and chemicals in foods. Well, what about people who don't work in the industry, who um, live normally, don't eat, uh, are careful with their foods, 
um, et cetera, et cetera, and that are cautious. They don't live in an environment where there's factories or, or uh, uh, plants, et cetera. Well, we have an issue there, too, because the United States government, it's known as the N. Haynes Study, that was published in 2009, found that in the blood and urine from 2,500 volunteers, none of these people had any occupational or residential risk for toxic exposure. Their blood and urine contained an astonishing 212 chemicals. Well, I also understand just to, just for the information of the listener that mascara must, that people put on their eyes as loaded with aluminum fragrances and toxic polymers lead I mean has been found in toothpaste. And another question I have is what about fluoride? I mean they put mercury in our mouth, they seem to want to put fluoride in. Is that an issue? Uh, oh, uh, it's uh, astounding. I wrote an article about fluoride, I published an article on fluoride a few years ago, about four years ago. What about fluoride? Um, we think it should be in water. Okay? Why? We put it in water because it's going to help our teeth get stronger and not have cavities. Okay? That's what the dentists say. That's what the people that make toothpaste say, um, et cetera, et cetera. Is that really true? Is that been proven uh, in any way scientifically? Well, it turns out, no, it hasn't. Um, the, uh, the, the, uh, in the United States, the uh, American Dental Association showed that people who are minorities, homeless, migrants, children with disabilities, and of lower economic status have the highest amount of dental caries, you know, of, of uh, uh, problems in their mouth. So they said, well, gosh, that's why we need to keep um, fluoride. Fluoride works by binding uh, to, to tooth enamel, okay? So uh, that's the basic. But unfortunately, there are studies that have shown that it's neurotoxic, the National Research Council said that it has it can, it provokes neurochemical changes that may be associated with dementia. Why what do we dementia? keep putting it in our water? We put it in our water. Okay. Now it says okay. So does oh, that in mean in Britain there's a town cheap? Blackpool that's putting fluoride in milk for their children? Well, let, let me let me bring this up. There's, they did a study of 600 children in Iowa. They found no link between fluoride use and tooth decay. None. That's in kids who are the most sensitive. Okay? But what about bone and kidney? Okay? Well, using fluoride increases the risk for bone fracture, especially in hips. I don't want to worry about falling and breaking my hip. So uh, should a child drinking fluorided water, for example, get the same dose as an adult? If our water has fluoride in it, 
that child, three years old, five years old, seven-year-old seven kid goes out and plays, I don't know, catch or baseball or basketball, and comes home and drinks a full glass of water because he's thirsty or she's thirsty. Should that dose be the same as an adult? Would you give a child the same dose of an antibiotic as an adult? No. So why is this still part of our water? Well, the American Medical Association, the American Dental Association, and the Centers of Disease Control of the federal government all endorse water fluoride use in water. Sounds like these agencies are not protecting us. So what can we as individuals do to protect our health, minimize exposure to toxins, and want, and do what we can to detox and somehow or to get these out of our bodies so we can go toward health? Well, we've just talked about all the government stuff that it's not doing and that it's endorsing everything. I personally feel that truth is the authority rather than authority being the truth. Detoxing, getting rid of these things, the first thing is prevent prevention. Don't eat anything else that is contains these things. You know, get appropriate filters. I'm not going to endorse any particular one. Number two, make sure you buy everything organic, including what you drink. People forget Drinking is, is or has to be organic as well. Third, how do you protect your gut in case you go out to a restaurant or in case, uh, you know, you go to somebody's house? I think it's important that every t- everyone take a probiotic because that helps the gut. It prevents inflammation of the gut. It prevents leaky gut syndrome. It prevents all those things. Unfortunately, there's a lot of disinformation about this. So uh, eating yogurt in the United States, the yogurt is not a probiotic. It's uh, every, every dairy product by law in the United States has to be uh, uh, pasteurized. So once you pasteurize it, you heat it at 500 degrees for 30 minutes. Every bacteria, everything, every microbe is, is, is dead. So it's not a probiotic. There's many in jars, et cetera, that you can buy at the store, um, and you have to be careful with those, too. There was a study recently published by uh, University of California at Davis. They went out to stores and bought 16, 16 different probiotics right off the shelf uh, and tested them for what the label said they had. Only one had what it the label said it had. The others had dead bacteria in the capsules, had different kinds of bacteria than what they said they were supposed to have, et cetera, et cetera. And these 16 probiotics, out of which only one came up correct, were for children. So imagine what adults are getting. Um, they're, the probiotics that really are probiotics are bacillus based probiotics. They're the ones you should get. Um, and they contain bacillus spores. And those are the important ones. Not, um, you know, not the kind that you use. Yeah, I have billions and billions of this. It's, and, uh, you know, you throw in the whole kitchen sink. That's not the right kind to get. You need to get the right kind. Um, uh, to help your, your listeners out, 
um, I can, if you wish, I can recommend one that um, I take and my wife takes personally, and I get it on Amazon.com. What is uh, that? And I could put it on the website. What is it? It's called Mega. I mean, uh, it's. It, I'm sorry. It's Just Thrive. Okay. Just Thrive. And what about things like saunas it. and uh, Epsom salt baths or something, so we can start gently getting some of these things out of our system? The problem with this Epsom salt bath is you're taking it in water, and that water contains, among other things, fluoride that we just discussed, and who knows what else other chemicals that are in your community's water. Um, and we've seen that you can't trust communities after the problems in Flint, Michigan, that to really help our health. <laughs> uh, they hide the stuff. So I wouldn't take any kind of a bath. However... Um, the things you, the saunas are very good, uh, either dry or wet sauna, preferably dry because, again, the wet, you don't know if you're getting um, uh, any kind of chemicals in the water. So uh, a dry sauna is great. Your skin, the largest organ of the body, it has millions and millions of spores to get where it can get rid of toxins. That is a good way to get rid of toxins. We've got about three minutes left. Are there any summarizing points that you would like to make uh, and advice? And I also know that you, you're very concerned about microtoxins which and, uh, and substances that are found in molds. So if there's mold in your home. So Unfortunately, any, but any final words? Sure. Um, Yes. Uh, if you're going to eat beef, don't eat grass-fed. Eat organic. Why? Because grass-fed, you, the, the farmer has to send in a, downloads a form, fills it out, sends it in, it is approved by mail. Whereas organic, it has to be inspected. That's a simple, easy one to give to your listeners. Uh, for those of you who have mysterious illnesses and you've gone doctor to doctor to doctor, no one's been able to figure out what you have. Think about if you have any mold growth in your home, if you've had leaks in your home, because mold can grow anywhere, and it could be in places you can't even see. Um, I think that's an important factor for people who are ill yet don't know, and doctors can't figure out why they are ill. I think it's very important that you eat organic. I know it's more expensive, I know organic food uh, quickly spoils. Uh, by the way, just as an aside, there was a, a great show <clears throat> where they put a, um, a Big Mac on a counter, and uh, it was still there a year later. Nothing had grown on it. It was still fine. It looked fine. It was Scary. nothing uh, uh, growing on it. Uh, the other thing, don't drink sodas, soft drinks. If you take uh, a cola soft drink, canned, it's got 10 teaspoons of sugar in it. When it says artificial sweetener, those are chemicals. You don't want any of that. Take a Coke, a Pepsi, any kind of cola you want. Put a big, fat, uh, five-inch nail in it. Leave it on the counter. At the end of the week, there will be no more nail left. It's been eaten through. State police have Coke in their trunk to use on batteries of cars that have pulled over to the side and they can't, something's wrong with the battery. 
all that stuff, the gunk that's on your battery uh, leads, you can wash off by just okay. I have to interject at this point. So let me summarize some of the main concepts. Exposure to different toxins can synergistically cause illnesses. These effects are happening at doses that previously believed to be of little or no concern. They can lead to chronic diseases. These are synergistic, that they compound each other. Our bodies can detox some of them, but our bodies are being overwhelmed. So I encourage you to do your own research, become more informed so you can take care of yourself and others. Any questions, you can go to my website, OccupyHealth.com, or email me, Susan at OccupyHealth.com. Thank you, and be well. Thank you for listening. Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to better health for you this week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.